I think it's more of a life philosophy. I think in general in life, you gotta you gotta get yours before you get got. You know? So while you're ahead, you should talk as much shit as possible while you still can before you meet your maker. Each year, the 10 members of the Norwich Football League battle for a chance at fantasy football's highest honor. The Peach Hog is as elusive as the creature from which it takes its name. Owners fight injuries, their own stupidity, and each other for the chance to have their name etched into that hallowed plastic. Some owners display a Rain Man-like penchant for success and social incompetence. Others must scrape pitifully in the dirt for a coin flip's chance of finishing eighth. But in this league, there are only two classes of people, the Hogs and the Hog Knots. This series will examine the character, history, and failures of those who are furthest from the trophy in the previous season, those in the loser's bracket. Through analysis and interviews, we will uncover what went wrong and what, if anything, will make the upcoming season different. Will they be playing fantasy on easy mode or chugging vodka and white wine while sweating out another toilet bowl? This podcast seeks an answer to that question. This is Hog Knox. Okay. I think that went well. That was perfect. Um, as... Colin just said, welcome to the inaugural episode of Hog Knox. Uh, I am Diesel. Joining me today, and what I'm now realizing, by the way, is his first official podcast appearance as the new co-host of the pod. Please welcome to Stoat. Colin, how are we doing? John, doing well. Thank you uh, for that introduction. Um, glad to be here in my first official capacity. Uh, it's certainly exciting, and Pretty excited about the show we have planned for you the the first off season show. Uh, I think it, I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah, and on that topic, um, so this is very much Colin's brainchild. He came to me with this idea a while ago at this point, honestly, and I'm very excited about it. But Colin, why don't you walk us through exactly what this will be? Yeah. So as you heard from that introduction, this is Hog Knox. Uh, I'll I'll leave it to the those uh, clever among you to figure out the pun. Um, but, but basically what we're going to be doing is looking at all four owners uh, from the losers bracket last year and taking really a deep dive into their season. Um, what, what led them to their lowly state? Uh, and, and then we're going to be talking to them and uh, trying to figure out how this year is going to be different. So it'll be one episode um, for each owner from the losers bracket, starting with Mike, who finished in seventh position and therefore was the best of the worst, and then finishing with our hallowed commish, mm-hmm. Charles Charles Kesa, Charles Chase. So, so that that'll be the progression, and uh, we'll we'll try to release them on a somewhat regular schedule over the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, no promises, certainly no. I mean, luckily, these ones are a lot less time in, uh, sensitive than the normal pods will be. But we'll still try to get them out. Um, okay, well, with that, as Colin said, uh, we do have our first uh, Hognock subject of the year. But, Colin, before that, I understand that we have an ad. Yeah, this is going to be an ad. Uh, I'll, I'll do an ad every episode for whoever was my best friend um, from the previous, previous uh, 
couple of weeks or whenever I decide. And so for for this past this previous few weeks, I want to shout out Garrison Brown. Uh, he'll be your sponsor of this inaugural episode of Hog Knocks. Uh, Garrison brought me a a Boda box uh, Nighthawk Black Malbec while I was suffering from COVID. Uh, he knew he knew the medicine that I needed and he delivered it with with no questions asked and no hesitation. So shout out Garrison. Uh, best friend from the previous few weeks. Um, worst friend previous few weeks is going to be Brian. And that needs no introduction uh, nor follow-up. So, um, yeah, no, c- congratulations, Garrison. Brian, do better. Um, all right, well, with that, we are going to move into the owner profile for our week one Hogdoc subject, Mike. Okay, so to start off, so we have this broken out into a couple areas. Con, I'm assuming you've done some research here. So would you like to take us through the uh, the details? Um, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have his roster. Uh, I forgot to get the. I forgot to pull the lifetime records. So let me just get it real quick. That's fine. So. I have one. Well, uh, while you're pulling that up, I have one thing that I noted while I was looking into this today. So since 2017, which is realistically when the league became the league that we sort of know today, that's when the pod started. We moved up, added, uh, added a few people. Um, so since then, Mike has flip flopped between four and five wins every single year. And it has not been, like, a couple fours, a five, another four. It has been four, then five, then four, then five. Even with the addition of a game last year. Yeah, doing it doing it on the extra week uh, is certainly impressive. Um, I know that he did miraculously make the playoffs uh, one time. Um, so, so, as far as when? I'm aware, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure Mike has never made the playoffs. All right. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong. I think because I think that's just a because the the fantasy football in easy mode year, he did not make the playoffs. He went five and eight. Yes, that is true. You're you're you are. And you are, in fact, correct. (laughs) I I don't know how I ended up giving credit for that. Yes, because it's like he went five and oh, like you're like, oh, of course, he made the playoffs. No, 2017. It put him in rank five in the end. Is that because of weird regular season things? It must be. No, I'm pretty... he made the playoffs. He made the playoffs at five and eight? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I guess, yeah, there I are four teams worse than him. I knew he made it. So, okay. yes. But Santa still... let you take a reindeer because it was his final name <laughs> of the year that everyone decided <laughs> But Zach was a South Pole elf, and Mike had had in fact uh, uh, made the playoffs that year. Um, yes, okay, so that's fair. However, he did still only have five wins. Continuing yeah, so my streak. Let's just go. Let's just go year by year, please. Uh, so Mike's... I can't look at before 2017. So you're going to have to do those two at least. Okay, so let's just go year by year through Mike's uh, Mike's finishes here. So uh, <clears throat> in the interview that you'll hear. Uh, Mike 
talks about his uh, his 2015 not not knowing that the end of the that the playoffs counted. Uh, Mike did finish eighth. Um, but with a record of five and seven, which I believe by win percentage will actually be his high watermark. It is. Yeah, I can confirm that it is. <clears throat> then in 2016, he finished four and eight. That was the Brian Bitcherling team, a, a, a <laughs> oh, story oh, franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we already discussed his 2017 five and eight. Um, so really, really staying consistent there. To be fair, he's still so the flip flop is not accurate. However, he has finished with either four wins or five year wins in every single year. Is going that to be that appears result. to be correct? Um, so, so then 2018, it starts. It starts the bad times. He finished four and nine. However, uh, he was seventh in the final standings, ahead of Ben at four and nine, you and at four and nine, yeah. uh, and then Gary at at three and ten that season. So, some. One person that has won the league before finished behind him, so that that was good. Good by good, yeah. By Mike, and then again consistently, five and eight in twenty nineteen. He's really quite quite good at that. Four and nine in twenty twenty, and I think last year was a five and eight year. Five and nine at the end of the game. Percentage took a hit, but yeah. So so I will say, if there's one thing that that Mike is good at, it's it's turning in consistency year over year. You, you really do know what you're getting, um, which is a five-win team that's most likely going to miss the playoffs unless four other people shit the bed. <laughs> Just have worse records somehow. Or in that case, I think it was the same record, but with slightly less points for. Yeah, so um, that would be, I believe, I think Mike has only won um, – 33 games <laughs> ever despite being and in the league the entire time seven seasons um i think that in the last two years zach or in the last three years i believe zach's won 33 games <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he has so, i think most people have won more games than that actually <laughs> yeah so so truly truly some spectacular um Consistent sucking out of Mike. So, uh, but you know, everyone, everyone knows that. Um, everyone um, knows that Mike's always down there at the bottom. So, as Colin mentioned, he did go five and nine. Uh, so, I have his twenty twenty one roster pulled up, and it is exactly what a five and nine roster would look like uh, to uh, any passerby. He did. He had Taysom Hill in a quarterback and Matthew Stafford on his bench. That that seems like he was just fucking around, but. And he yeah. had Dalvin Cook. He had Josh Jacobs, Brandon Ayuk, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Dalton Schultz. Zacharitz in the flex spot, which is, I don't believe, actually him fucking around. I, th- I think that was a sincere play. Uh, and then who cares about defense or uh, kicker? But Well, um, Nick Folk. Nick Folk. I, I think Nick Folk might have been Mike's best player. <laughs> he might have been. He, he but... certainly could have been. Yeah, he, I mean, he finished posi- position rank two, which would be the highest spot of uh, any of his players. Interestingly enough, his dual tight end start are his two other best players relative Very to much him. his strongest. From tight end down is where actually Mike turned out to be strongest, yeah. here, which is he actually also has He actually also has Mike Kosicki on his roster. Um, but another why tight end. And another top 10 tight end. So Mike had actually, by the end of the year, collected three of the 10 best 
tight ends. So good job, Mike. That was great. That was really good. <laughs> um, um, okay. So yeah, so let's go through that. Uh, not really. Uh, I, I, we'll discuss later how fucked Mike's team is regarding his keepers for this year. Um, so we'll, we'll just move on to the character analysis slash flaws. Um, Con, I don't know how much you have uh, written for this, but I have just a few things. So I don't know if you want to go first or I can. No, I'm, I'm happy to let you lead off. I'm sure that okay. um, that whatever you, you you have, I'll be able to find more. So that's um, fair. I don't, don't worry about taking my options or anything like that. That's fair. So I have, uh, so for I broke this up into character analysis, first of all. So I have written, first of all, uh, open to trying anything once besides making the playoffs. That turns out to not be true because he did make it at five and eight. So once again, I think I can just cross that out. Open to trying anything once, including making the playoffs. Yeah, that kind of works. I think it still works because um, it certainly doesn't seem like he's interested in try interested in trying it again. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> maybe he didn't like it. I'm not really sure. He hated it. He did, yeah. but he he tried it, and he deserves our credit for that. Uh, now my second character analysis trait is just big calves. Um, flaws, flaws, uh, bark quality is inconsistent. If I'm being honest, you know, it, uh, it wavers depending. You know, uh, and then I would have thought that was a strong suit for Mike, but <laughs> it's inconsistent. You know, if you could look, are his highs high? Yeah, they're great. They're astronomical, but sometimes he leaves you wanting more. And, and I think we just need to discuss it. Um, and then flaws, uh, similar to cave on Thibodeau. Just a little too concerned with his brand, you know? Yeah, I will say, you know, I think that Mike kind of got in his head that the only way he could sell is by sucking ass. Um, <laughs> and once he figured out that that was a pathway for him, deviating became difficult. So I, I kind of agree. I, he, he, Mike, Mike shows up to work every day, 100% Mike. Um, and I think when it comes to fantasy football, we need like 50% Mike at most because we've seen, you know, we encourage everyone to be themselves, but not when it, not when it's like this, not when it's like this. (laughs) That's absolutely fascinating, especially because Charlie has for so long been championing, championing, uh, 120% Mike. Charlie wants maximum Mike at all times because yeah. of that one experience that we had in 2018. And, you know, who's to say who's right? Sometimes to move forward, you have to move back. Uh, and and I think Mike needs to move back the Mike-ness if he's ever going to ever gonna improve. Um, all, I think all, all good analysis there, John. Um, really, you know, I, I would say the only thing in terms of flaws um, – that I had really pointed out is just a, just a general failure to push P um, for a guy that talks <laughs> about for a guy that, that talks about random nonsensical motivational things and otherwise I'm not really sure. Um, Mike Mike just hasn't pushed P in fantasy in a in a, in a good while um, nope. in a, in a good long while and and I think that. Maybe if he thought about that, thought about it through that lens, through maybe more of his his language, um, it would help him out a little bit. Um, I also just think that uh, sometimes 
in terms of character analysis, Mike has always been one to follow a hype train. And mm. I think sometimes the hype train and fantasy can lead you, can lead you dramatically astray. Um, because mm-hmm. the types of situations that you get in are what happens at draft time when you're on a hype train? Well, everyone else is also on it. And now, you know, you're drafting a guy, maybe higher, like, like I say, I think a good example is in last year's draft, Mike took CD lamb in the second, which isn't necessarily a bad pick, but CD lamb's draft value, the weeks leading up to the draft had been like skyrocketing. You know, like, I think he was like a late third at right. in like three weeks out. And then by one week out, he was like going to be a second round pick for sure. And Mike took him in the second round, but the value had sort of just degraded at that point. Um, and so I think sometimes, sometimes the hype uh, doesn't necessarily lead to a clear mind. And, and maybe that's, that's played into his Marshawn Lynch, Russell Wilson. That's a I, I don't know what train he was riding, but it has to have been one. Um, it was that- like, the train was uh, being conducted by Marshawn Lynch like that one time that he stole the cart. It was that type of train. I think it was that type of train. But see, I really could see with Marshawn Lynch driving like that, Mike wanting to get on. Um, mm. Actually, I, I can't imagine him doing anything other than just directly running towards the train or the, the cart uh, yeah. at that stage and trying to get on. I'm, I'm just looking back at – like I'm looking at the 2019 season – uh, he had dropped everyone for the playoffs except Baker Mayfield from the starting lineup. <laughs> he knows a good joke when he when he sees one. He knows it, and you got to give yeah. that to Mike. Yeah, and uh, just a lot of quarterbacks. There's four on his roster. There's actually six. There's actually <laughs> six. I'm sure that he was doing something trying to screw whoever. <laughs> but at the end of 2020, Mike had. Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Andrew Brees on his roster. That sounds exactly like Mike uh, deciding that Brian was just behind him in the waiver order and picking up every single quarterback. So I think hype train uh, maybe played yeah. into maybe played into the into oh. that. Thing. Yeah, I think. I think Mike, maybe maybe if you focus less on hype and more on push and pee, uh, things will go for you better in the future. That you that's really my analysis. It couldn't go much worse for him. So it why really not? Could. It really could not. Uh, no, I I love I I love exactly where you're coming from with that. I th- I think you really cut to the the core of of what Mike has going on as a uh, fantasy manager. So, hope I hope so. All right. Well, uh, with that put together, I mean, let's stop talking about the owner and let's just talk to the man himself. Uh, we're not going to move into. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Sorry. We're doing Mount Rushmore of Mike moments. As Colin highlights, we're going to keep talking about him a little bit more. As Colin highlights uh, the the thing on our Google Doc, uh, we're going to do Mount Rushmore of Mike moments. Okay, before we get into this, I found that I had a couple really top-tier Mike moments, and okay. then after like the first few, I felt like they all were really similar in terms of uh, their placement on a Mount Rushmore. 
Yeah. So I guess I'm coming into this from a little bit of a different perspective. I felt so comfortable with my ability to call good mic moments to mind that I just have not considered a tier or a list at all. So wow. I, I am intending to really just queue them up. Um, all right. I think that, I think that Mike, he just has some moments. So, Oh, he um, does. And, and I want to clarify that at least in my mind, they don't necessarily have to be good no. uh, for, for it to be qualify. It's just as something in, in and around Mike. Uh, it's got to be a uh, noteworthy Mike experience. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. And, and certainly I think there are some top tier ones. Um, but yeah. Well, okay. Well, please lead us off then. I'll give you the first pick uh, and then we can go oh, snake on okay. from there. Well, if you're giving me the first pick, it's it's there's an obvious, I think, first choice, which is Mike's baptism on Ayuka, um, where he was birthed from the bowels of Columbus <laughs> through the sewer drain. Uh, I think the combination of just the depraved behavior with the amount of photographic and videographic evidence that yeah, was pretty big <laughs> simultaneously collected um makes this top tier for me so for those who somehow do not know i am talking about when mike at really eli's insurgence uh uh we were we were spent a summer pulling up the drain pipes in the iuka storm drain um and people had made some sort of tentative descents uh and then after a night out we went back and Mike went fully into the sewer, um, at which point I climbed down after him and saw him bathing in, in the dirty water of the storm drain, like back to the, back to the water, um, I think screaming, maybe moaning. <laughs> it's moaning in my head. I can't, I can't decide if it was spiritual or what, but it was sexual. He, and then he, of course, emerges from the bowels um, in the famous picture that I believe is at least the thumbnail for some group chat. Yeah. Um, but for me, that is far and away the clear number one mic moment um, that I can that I can think of. So I agree with you, though I will say I did not have that written down because I was not present for it. And as okay. a result, I did not include it in my list. Um but that is, I agree with you. I think there is no more ubiquitous Mike moment uh, that, as honestly as Garrison likes to say, I have heard the story so many times that I feel as though I was there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I'll have two back-to-backs here. Um. So my first overall pick, I think what I'm going to go with is um. the, uh, the Lodge... I forget if it was a power outage or a um, Wi-Fi outage. So, so it this would have been my f- second choice. Uh, it yeah. was a Wi-Fi outage. Wi-Fi outage, right? That when the the moment you're describing, it was not the primary outage. It was after Wi-Fi yes. had been restored, <laughs> and then I believe due to maybe a power outage, the second time right. was lost. It was lost again, and Mike was fully prepared to um kill himself uh rather than live in a wi-fi-less world yeah i i have to agree that i think he would have preferred death at that moment um just the scream (laughs) scream, it was haunting 
It was a scream that came from elsewhere in the house. None of us were really with him. We just all heard it. Well, what's that? And Mike was Mike was aware that we didn't have Wi Fi again. Yeah. Yeah, pretty um, rough. Pretty rough. It's rough, and I do think that it encapsulate it encapsulates Mike very nicely. Yeah, uh, not certainly not on the top tier list of the survival rankings. If if Wi Fi is not able to be produced, no, um, I think that would be damaging, damaging for his ability to to keep up there. As Kevin Stefanski might say, Mike is an avid endorsman. He he is an avid avid endorsement. Um, <clears throat> All right, what's your number two? My number two, I'm gonna go with uh, "Fuck I Love House," which is a reference to another uh, Mount Rushmore. It's pretty meta. It is a little oh, meta, but Max it was at your door with a cease and desist letter. He might, and he can come. Uh, he probably know. He probably copied my key. As um, long as he's thick, right? As long as he's thick. Exactly. Um, thick suck showing up at my door would just make me so happy. But so this was a time we were doing a, a live Mount Rushmore in the Lodge living room where we were, I believe, doing TV shows. And Mike, I don't know if he forgot about House or if he thought that it would fall further, but somebody picked House. Um, and he screamed. I think at Paul probably picked House. I probably. And he screamed at the top of his lungs, Fuck! I love House! It was the most guttural sound I've ever heard from Mike. I've never heard... Uh, like, so if the no was the most just despairing sound I've ever heard from Mike, the house one was definitely guttural. I did not know that Mike's throat could produce <laughs> the, a level of gravel that he had when he was... House! Yeah. Fuck. It didn't it was, sound like it was, Mike. Yeah, it was It was a different. a different person came came into mike at that at that moment uh, I, and i don't know who it was but. <laughs> it may have been gregory house we don't know um all right con so what's your number two and then three all right so i'm going to go with number two i'm gonna go with jay have thrown up all over this race <laughs> fuck that's a really good one um i think this one is kind of interesting because we didn't have any direct uh, exposure to the events. I don't know if you guys, there was a really bad Jake Gyllenhaal movie called Ambulance or something yeah. like that. No, not Ambulance. No, it just, Ambulance. Ambulance just came out. Okay, yeah. So it's some other Jake Gyllenhaal movie where he's the like 911 operator. And so the entire movie is just him in the call center talking to this like through this event, this like crazy action sequence that's like happening outside of like a, right. a woman. So And so you can't actually see any of the things that are happening um, and you just get his reaction. It was kind of like that, uh, yeah. but for like a hammered guy that threw up at a <laughs> football game. Um, first of all, everyone was in high spirits because the Browns were thumping the Ravens and it was like a big Nick Chubb game. Yeah. Um, so spirits were high. And then Mike just comes off the top rope. They have thrown up all over this racing's bathroom, every surface, multiple sinks. And it's just... I don't know. I don't think any of the other messages after that were coherent, uh, no. but it was one of the most big impact Mike things, like as far as our group, our group culture really latched onto that. So I, I think that does is deserving of my number two. No, absolutely. And I honestly, I'm kicking myself for not having that down because that is, I mean, 
that might be the biggest, that might be the steal of this entire thing because I'm shocked that you let it slip to me. At, I didn't even consider overall. it, uh, yeah. which is really just an indictment on me. I did. So I explained at one point, I just said Raisins at some point to my parents in reference to the Ravens. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are were they racist or what's that? And I was like, no, 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 no. Mike threw up all over our bathroom once. And like, I had to go through the whole experience. So I don't even call them the Ravens anymore. I no. don't even think about what I'm doing. They're just no. the Raisins now. <laughs> the Raisins. Like he literally changed our vocabulary. <laughs> so, so that's anyway. a fantastic number two. So yeah, please continue. Yeah, so that so that's my number two, um, and I'm actually gonna go back to back bathrooms. Ooh. And number three, I am going to bring when Mike disrespected the third floor bathroom in Bradley. Oh my god! Um, after I guess it was like at that point, I can't remember if it was at the beginning or the end of our war with the maintenance crew. But either way, they were they were at our with their wits end with us. Right. And um it it we just got the message that mm-hmm. I think from Ruger that somebody had disrespected uh the third floor bathroom and that there was vomit on every surface. Those bathrooms were pods, so there was only one sink. Only but one I'm available. Pretty yeah. Sure that if there had been more than one sink <laughs> available, um there would have been two. And, and been. I think one of the things that's fun about this for me was that I believe that was the night of the first first floor, third floor mm, yeah. duo effort in my dorm, mine and Eli's dorm room. And Mike had been sort of just involved uh, in, in being around me um, at right. that time. And so Mike was there. He hadn't eaten anything the entire day. Um, and he went out the gate apparently strong. And when we found out, Basically, like months later, Mike was like, "That was yeah. probably me," and yeah. I was like, "Wait, that was for sure you." <laughs> yeah, he told us all like a long time afterwards. Yeah, he he let the statute of limitations pass yeah. on, uh, and and so I I can't remember if Mike was either just one one domino along the way to us being locked out of our common room, but he certainly didn't help. He did not. Um, yeah, so I'm going with the Bradley third floor uh, disrespecting the bathroom. I think that's a very good pick. Um, okay. So you you get to close it out back to back here. Yeah. So for my back to back, so my third round pick is easy and we've discussed it already several times, but I feel like I kind of need to pick it even though we've discussed it too much. Fantasy football in easy mode just belongs it, on this list. It does. Um, not going to spend any time discussing it, but it does. It is a seminal mic moment. Um, <clears throat> fuck see this is where the last one i am very much reaching for or not reaching for i'm not sure i have a couple in mind that i think could be fine Um, right so but yeah i could see why how you could get a little you get a little thin here so it's not thin it's just they're all about the same in my head like they're all entertaining so i'll go with for this i'm gonna go with a, a sort of dual story and it's uh, the singular weekend uh, to or Jesus a few years ago where uh, Mike was a reading while driving up to Garrison's parents lake house and then B on the drive back uh, was arrested or not arrested was pulled over for doing uh, double the speed limit after to quote him he had already hit his brakes. <laughs> yeah Mike was in rare form on that trip. 
he sat out in the parking lot finishing his book after arriving uh which was confusing to everyone (laughs) yeah i'd say tough is fair um certainly with with people traveling to well not see him but certainly see him at least a little bit people Um, were expecting him yes there was some expectation about anticipation of mike's arrival uh, and it was forestalled by him reading a book in the parking lot. That is true. After reading very it weird. on the drive up. Yeah, that very weird. Um, and the speeding ticket was pretty funny. Because he told <laughs> he was like going 90 and he had been braking for some time. <laughs> he said he saw the car like a mile in advance and hit his brakes and then got ding doing 90. I think they like said what they clocked him at and he was like, thank God. That's- <laughs> Yeah, because he was legitimately like, I was probably doing 120 and might have been arrested at that point for reckless driving. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's good. So that, um, that wraps up yeah. your picks. So I have my last pick. And for this one, this is one of the more like Mike um tangential events. It was it was something Mike brought about, but it was the New Year's party senior <laughs> year. That Mike, yeah. I guess, quote unquote, hosted. If he was the host, he had almost no control over what was happening. Zero. Uh, but it was basically a bunch of Mike's friends, Adrish, other people. Katie I, I Pollock. Yeah, Katie Pollock. Like, what? <laughs> um, and they kind of abused us on three fronts. Um, number one, there is a lot of like cocaine done off the pool table. Yeah, uh, which was kind of funny because the pool table came from Cat's dad, who's like the most Christian guy ever, and like yeah. <laughs> pretty funny that uh, his pool table was just defiled with coke. I'm not really a I lot was, of cocaine. I yeah. wasn't real upset about that. Obviously, um, they then snapped all the pool pool cues. That was an issue. Uh, there was like two functional after that. Uh, that I was pool. actually pissed about. Yeah, so that was unfortunate. I'm not sure what was happening. I don't know. If the pool, I don't know if we had like a Joker situation in the basement <laughs> where like only two douchebags were allowed, like right. only one douchebag can live. So. There was only enough cocaine for two people, and there were three of them there. So yeah, so crack the pool cue, and and I guess we'll see what happens. And then the third thing, which is to me the funniest, was that there were girls using the bathroom upstairs <laughs> and had locked Charlie out, and really almost provoked a Charlie meltdown. Yeah. Um, he wanted to take a shit in that bathroom so bad and wasn't he allowed wanted to. to take, and, and to be fair, I think they were in there for like multiple hours. Yeah. Um, really ugly bathroom to spend that kind of time in. Awesome. Um, but but I, so again, not really. I don't even think Mike played a big role in what was happening, which was probably the problem. Yeah. Um, but c- certainly a Mike caused event. So I'm going with Mike's friend party uh, is what I'm calling it. That's, um, I think that's fair. And that's my number four. So um, I guess yeah. to recap, yeah, I had um I had the sewer, Rayson's bathroom, Bradley bathroom, and the friend party. And then I had the Wi-Fi outage, I love house, fantasy on easy mo- easy mode, and then uh reading slash speeding um while driving. Um Con, did you have any uh honorable mentions? Because I had a few. Um, I had one, uh, that was all of the crashing on the limes, um, 
Specifically, there was one where, like, I think I was texting Mike right beforehand, <laughs> and he was like going to go to Monica's house. Uh, who, for those of you who don't know, this is a shit on Mike episode, so I'm gonna be crass, but that was Mike's ex girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, who dumped him in Baltimore. She did dump him, yeah, uh, in Baltimore. And it was sometime, I can't remember if it was in one of the good times of their relationship or not. Um, but Mike was like, all right, I'm got about to go. And then I got a message like five minutes later of him just covered in blood and be like, <laughs> I fell off the line, like holding food <laughs> or something like that. It was fantastic. But it's really, I, I was just going to group all of crashing on limes yeah. uh, together. And then the other one I had was, was nosebleeds and oh, like his God. beard, almost fetish for the nosebleed. Like it seemed like there's no attempt is made to staunch the bleeding. He wants like no. maximum effect. Um, it's everywhere. So that that those were my two honorables. Um, so I had a few, and these were all the contenders for my number fourth or no, my number four pick. So I had uh, the chugging vodka and then dry heaving. Uh, that experiment <laughs> at the, that was at the OSU Michigan game. Yes, he did it a few times. To be fair, but that was the one where we all were aware of it. I guess he got overshadowed because, like, an hour later, Charlie said the hard R at the game. <laughs> God, um, this one I don't really want to go into detail because I don't want to destroy Mike too much. But I'm just gonna say romance spreadsheet, and then I'm just gonna let everyone go from there. I can't believe I forgot that one. That deserved yeah. to be in the list. I think that deserved to be in the list uh it it was up i nearly picked it that it was between that one and what i actually picked for four um then i had uh the one time that mike tripped on acid and then got us all donuts the next day just a very bizarre like 12 hour stretch that i uh i enjoyed um again overshadowed because of alex because of alex um yes you were not there that's a rare one i was there and you weren't that's true Mm -hmm. Uh, the time that the guy hit, uh, like, a, a gas main and, uh, a cop <laughs> knocked out the door and told Mike to get in his car and drive north. <laughs> Definitely a top-tier lodge moment. I, I don't know if it, Mike takes that one, but yeah. Mike just is entertaining because he probably was the least prepared to handle that information. Yeah. Um, and then my last one was just the entire Mikey Wikey's closet experiment. Um, being that we all participated in that for a full year of just raiding Mike's outfits. Yeah, it it did have some legs. I'll say it that. It did. Oh, it's I still just is me on Instagram. I just thought of another uh, one that's pretty good. I think it was Mike was at the library with it was like Meg and Annalise or Meg and Annie, one of those two. And when they were walking home, the like campus security offered to drive them home so that they'd be safe. <laughs> And Mike was like, fuck me, I'm not a <laughs> The guy saw the three of them three of them walking at night and was like, they must be in danger. If anyone approaches them, they are fucked. <laughs> so I, I think that's that would be on my honorable mention list too. That's a good honorable mention. Um, okay. So so t- I think that was that was pretty solid then. Yeah, I think that was a good one. Good but job, yeah, Mike, having memorable moments. Serious. A lot of Mikes are also very, um, they're just in Mike's, like, uh, anachronisms. Like, it's just the way that Mike exists. I mean, Is the that... wolfing and the, and the yeah, uh, yeah the, just the other mannerisms are certainly on there. Um, 
but yeah, I think we did come out with a lot of uh, very unique moments. Okay, and now that now that we're done talking about the the man himself, we're gonna talk to the man himself. Uh, we, Colin and I, sat down earlier today with our very own Mike Gong. So let's take a listen. Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up. No, you see my text, baby, please say something. Wine by the glass, your man, a cheapskate, huh? Niggas gotta move off my release day, huh? All right, and now we are gonna welcome to the podcast the man that we're doing this all for. Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the inaugural Hog Knox. Hog Knox. I'm ready. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, and... Uh... We, we, we made a few comments offline, um, but but have to congratulate Mike on the new uh, living situation. It's I can see it behind him, and it looks really great. Um, looks a lot nicer, yeah. Certainly looks a lot nicer than than Zach's, uh, which is <laughs> soon to be homeless. So it's going to uh, be one of the shanty towns. Yeah, definitely like a tent city. But anyway, Mike looks the apartment looks awesome. Hope you're enjoying it. I am. The the space has been nice. It's been nice to just be able to host more people and just like, yeah, just like having empty space behind me feels nice. Right. Room to navigate generally. Yeah. I will I say like around. the uh, the lights do look a lot less white and appalling in, like in this view than when you were taking like the pictures of everything. No, I know. There, there's you probably some rule. Yeah, I think there's some rule you can't just take pictures of lights. <laughs> It I just mean, like doesn't come out right. well. Like I, I don't think it'll ever come out well. But but yeah, I I have completely soft lighting in my apartment. All right. Well, now we've we've buttered you up a little bit, Mike. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna ask you some questions about just general your approach to fantasy, uh, how you think things have been going, and and um, how how the future looks for Mike, the fantasy owner. So I think really we'll just get right into it. Yeah. And. Um, Start asking, you know, how you sleep at night knowing that in eight months you'll be playing another loser's bracket game. <laughs> I sleep I sleep pretty poorly just in general. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if fantasy impacts it at all, but yeah, I have a lot of nightmares, have trouble sleeping here and there. But the way the blankets have improved it. Uh, but overall, I'm looking I'm looking forward this year. I think this is the most – I guess at least – I think this year I have two first-round picks, so at least I have something going for me going into this new year. Yeah, um, so you do have a, a, an extra first but no third-rounder. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. I know yes. Yeah. So certainly a buff for you there. Yeah, um, so hopefully hopefully the draft order works out in my favor in that regard. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. I'm putting high value on the first round of like seems like the most <laughs> that's where all my eggs are in my basket right now. And it's it's comforting to know that some others have lost their first round picks and have less promising futures. Uh notably Brian in my head. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So so you sleep you sleep easy knowing that you'll be facing Brian in that loser's yeah. bracket matchup. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the opposite of I stand on the shoulders of giants. I like sleep yeah. comfortably next to the meek. <laughs> you said you sleep soundly next to Brian. <laughs> yeah. Like Brian will not harm me. That's honestly kind of beautiful. I I yeah. sleep with both eyes closed next to Brian. Yeah. 
God damn. There is no threat level. Well, yeah. I have not, yeah, I, I yeah. There's honestly haven't lost. I haven't lost the league yet. I lost it the one year where it was. I didn't know there was a like losers bracket. It was the one year with Owen. Okay. I just didn't set my lineup the last two weeks. I didn't know that was happening. That's on you, but still, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, I, I lost the. I'm pretty sure I lost to Eli, who invented the Zettler rule. That no, year. Alex oh. lost the league that year, not you. Wait, the year with Owen? Yeah, the first year. Oh, it's, oh. I guess it says I lost in the fantasy app. Oh, maybe the fantasy app says, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm a I'm a losers bracket champion. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You're comfortable so, there. Nothing else. Yeah. So, um, I guess, like, what do you think it is about you personally that makes it that you always lose? Like, what character traits do you display that lead you so astray in this area? I think it's overall my general lack of interest in football. <laughs> that does hurt. That would be a barrier. Yeah. I, I, would, I can acknowledge that. I, I definitely think there's a knowledge gap between me and everyone else in the league in terms of football viewing. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I mean, so how'd you say, did you say, would you say you watched more football last season or or less overall? Mm, I think it's been less every year, pretty much since moving out of the lodge, but I definitely do still watch all the Browns games and that's pretty much it. Okay. That's that's fair. The issue Um, being that there aren't a lot of great fantasy players on the Browns. Yeah. But but otherwise, I, I do remember. I feel like I haven't prepped myself for the draft properly in the last few years. And I definitely had before with some success. Not sustainable success, but at least early success. You That's burned good. bright and short. I mean, no, I mean, I, I, no one can take away from you finding Kareem Hunt. That, that's yeah. certainly so. I had Kareem Hunt and McCaffrey that year, is all I'll say. You did. That's true. Um, the, the, whatever about you, let them slip away. Uh, is is we didn't have keepers. Point. That was the issue. Uh, yeah. Think about the keeper potential Mike had there. That's uh, true. I would, yeah, yeah. My my essential strategy was knowing that I have a dearth of knowledge in fantasy football. That year, I I think I at least listened to like malt, like maybe like five or six fantasy football podcasts, and read like hours of articles and just crowdsource <laughs> opinions. I do remember you saying that you had done like, like it was some I yeah, didn't it was so many mock drafts. No, I was doing mock drafts in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the numbers for like each of the players at the time. No, because I remember you saying like when you took Kareem Hunt you were like, yeah, no, like in like you know, 20 of my drafts he was going in like the second round so I was pretty happy to get him there and we were like, wait, how many Fucking yeah. mock drafts did you do? Yeah, I just like knew the deviations per draft like, to remember. So it what, what, yeah, relatively substituting any fancy football knowledge would be just all experts' opinions that I could source. I mean, yeah, which is like at the end of the day, none of us watch every single game, so it's like at the end of the day, we're all reading the little blurb and going like, I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say lack of lack of preparation or not liking football are are fairly valid uh, reasons Might to be. be consistently really bad um, at some point. Yeah. So I'd say that that's I'd say that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. So um, 
Yeah. Go, go ahead, ahead Dom. Dom. I'll, I'll, I'll get one in. I'll get one in. Um, so, Mike, just sort of looking bigger picture here, you as a person, would you say that your fantasy failures uh, and your failures as a fantasy manager make you more worried about your ability to one day manage a company effectively? Manage employees? <laughs> no. Manage a business? <laughs> Not at all. Just saying. Seems pretty one to one to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, maybe if I was managing a fantasy football company. It, it, well. um, um, but no, I have not thought about that at all. Otherwise, I could just. You could hire some expertise under me. So just delegating. Have you tried that as a fantasy manager? I have not. I. Yeah, I guess I but could. Maybe you I could just contract, contract maybe someone. because you're a micromanager. That's why you failed at fantasy all this time. You and know, look at like so many people wanted Trump as president because they wanted a businessman in the White House. Maybe you need a businessman in the, the general manager's seat here. Yeah, I could. Well, I don't know if is that allowed. Can I? Can I? Can Probably I not. No. <laughs> Mike, anything's mean, legal till you get caught. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Uh, Charlie would have to speak to the actual legal restrictions, but um, I don't think there's anything that says that you can't take take someone's advice on yeah. how to run your team. Uh, they just probably can't be a manager, another manager. In right. Life. You have to pull the trigger on all the moves. That would be it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I might look at outsourcing some talent next year. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what it comes down to. That I mean, I think that would. I think that would show a lot of growth. Uh, just no, I'm, no, I'm thinking about it. Maybe I just have a mic in the entire draft. <laughs> how much? Like, like twenty bucks to some fantasy football expert? That's got to be enough for like thirty minutes. So many people are trying to make it, like, too, as journalists, or like they do their rankings and shit. You for for twenty bucks, you could easily get them to do your draft for you. Yeah, you just have to like get into like page six of Google, like people writing articles about fantasy football, and then the that's trick. Yeah. The trick would be to make it believable for everyone else, like making sure that they know that they have to like draft Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch back to back at least. <laughs> just to throw us off the set yeah, yeah like there has to be like one washed player with a big name that mike just takes in like the sixth round and you're yeah, like no round, the sixth round <laughs> yeah like... you can't just come in with a perfect draft we gotta have yeah. some balance there. i think that's fair I, th- I i'm all for it personally but i guess we'll just see all right john i think we'll do the rest of your questions then we'll end on uh well okay yeah do yeah. do your next two Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, all right. So, Mike, um, what does the phrase fantasy on easy mode mean to you? I think it's more of a life philosophy. I think in general in life, you got you to gotta get yours before you get got. <laughs> you know? So while you're ahead, you should talk as much shit as possible while you still can. <laughs> Before you meet your maker. <laughs> Basically, if if death is inevitable, why not enjoy life? Well, yeah. You know, I I can kind of appreciate that. I think we all we all just want to play fantasy on easy mode for as long as we can before we die. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Honestly, that was a really gibberish question for me that you answered with the exact right amount of gibberish in response. I'm really impressed, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, 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 I definitely, uh, I think that's a good motto to live by. And uh, it, it certainly put that phrase a little bit in the spin zone. Um, <laughs> really did. <laughs> which is always good. A rare positive yeah. connotation, honestly. Yeah, they yeah. call me the washing machine. <laughs> um. So, Mike, what – I'm trying to phrase this in a way that's not mean. What why? keeps you – that's fair. Mike, why do you keep coming back to fantasy football? We've discussed a lot that you have had your many failures yet to make the playoffs before. What – and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of being genuine. Like, why do you keep signing back up? I think it – I, I enjoy the camaraderie of it. I guess yeah. the, like, there's two aspects of it. Like the camaraderie and the conversations around it. I like talking mm-hmm. shit as well. <laughs> yeah. The actual like it seems like our most structured group activity so, overall. Yeah. And I think secondarily, it's just like easy workplace conversation for me. Of just oh. like <laughs> it just makes me seem like a more approachable sports guy. <laughs> okay. In the I, can, I yeah. can appreciate that. In the eyes of old white guys, I'm not a little nerdy Asian kid if I just talk about fantasy football. Yeah, you're just like, hey, man, there's this really cool kicker, Young Ho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> young Way. Yeah. <laughs> the Young Way. No, but yeah. that, I mean, I, I think both of those are definitely make sense. The, the camaraderie being the one that I would say most. most oh, absolutely. Yeah. Be. And also, it isn't that much effort. Well, no. it is like some effort, but like. It's as much effort as like talking the group chat would be normally. Right. Yeah. And it is – no, and it is just interesting because I think we all continue to do it. I think we all have the same reasons. It's just weighted in different capacities, I think. Yeah. Like some of us, the competitive aspect is big and the camaraderie is smaller. I mean – If, if I was honest. better at it, the competitive aspect would be big for me. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's hard to start the gate laughed. If you if you could see the finish line, you'd run yeah. towards it. Yes. <laughs> That's fair. So we've we've talked a lot of negatives uh, and and kind of dwelled on your past a little bit, but let's uh, let's shift and just say you know a lot of the show uh, is about is about bright futures. So what's going to be different this year? Make make the pitch that Mike makes the playoffs next season. What what Ooh. has to happen? Make sell me on that. Mike plays a play. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm putting a lot away in my two first-round picks, and maybe I'll have substantially better draft this year and minus 100 in my bank account <laughs> is all I'll say. <laughs> That's fair. So we've got shadow drafter, extra picks, uh, and, and – And money set aside in case he loses. <laughs> Overall, the minus 100 was for the draft. Not yeah, for that's that. for the shadow draft. Oh, yeah. I see. No, no, okay, no, no. I'm with yeah. you now. Yeah. yeah. No, the 100 at the end of the year is just the sunk cost. That's the sunk cost. Anything above that is 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 icing on the cake. Well, that's, that's I think that's uh, that's good. And uh, both of us are certainly rooting for you. Um, Wait. So, Mike, I have one last question for you, uh, sort of in that similar vein. Do you have any requests for when we interview you next year in this exact circumstance? Wait, like, like this this time next year, like postseason? Yeah, like when you miss the playoffs again and like oh, we do yeah, this yeah. again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any like, you know, little comments, you know, any, anything? What could we do differently? On? What could we yeah. do better? 
um, just because we'll be talking in in twelve months and yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, well, we we uh, want to be able to reference back to this and be like, well, Mike said last time that he really wished that we'd be nicer, so let's be nicer yeah. to him this time. You could be meaner and then buy me a drink. That's that's kind of what I'm into. <laughs> All okay. right, meaner and buy him a drink. I actually love that as a strat. We just Uber eats you somehow a cocktail. <laughs> just- yeah. He's a glutton for punishment, that Mike. <laughs> no. All right, uh, Mike. Yeah. Um, no, Mike, thank that, you for that, being here. Yeah, that was really all, all the questions we had. We just wanted to kind of gauge your your mental stability related to fantasy, see how you're feeling about the upcoming year, and it sounds like you've got a plan. Um, see if it works out. Kind of kind of doubt it, uh, but, yeah. but... Plan might be illegal, know. so... You never know. Yeah. I don't know what plan you're talking about, John. <laughs> I heard no mention. It would actually be really fun if I just threw out the whole section where you're talking about it. Just leave just, it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll have to get some uh, legal expertise on here next time we do an interview, John. Uh, yeah. Just to make sure people don't perjure themselves or, or, or do anything That's a good point. unnecessary. Is Hognox a series for all of the, the loser bracket teams? It is, Mike. Okay. Yeah. So is, we'll have, is it all one episode or is it all going to be No, it's going to be a four-week – I think we'll cut this, John. Maybe Yeah, not. I'll cut probably, this out. Pro- probably not. We um, will already but, have explained it by this point, so – Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, it'll it'll be four weeks, four episodes. So we're going to yeah. we're gonna do a deep dive into so each it's me, me, Charlie, Ben, and Brian, right? Yeah, and you're, you're first because you were actually seventh. So – um, you were the least of the least of the hogs last year. Yeah. Or the best of the hogs. I don't... Yeah. 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 The best. You got the blue ribbon. Yeah. Thank you. So, so yeah, you're, you're getting the first interview and then we'll do the others. Um, and frankly, their, their questions I think will be even more uh, biting. So we'll uh, see how it goes. People forget to try loss of league. People don't and they won't. <laughs> I like show. to remember. I remind myself every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mike, thank you for being here. Uh, we always appreciate, you know, people coming in here and, uh, you know, giving their time to the pod. So, uh, you know, best of luck moving forward this season. Thank you. Best of luck in your nights as well. Thank, thank you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. All right. Okay. Well, we would like to once again, thank Mike for his uh, participation in that uh, though. I, I gotta be honest. I thought that you had told, cause really Colin dealt with all the coordination. So I did not know how little Mike knew going in. Oh, I told Mike absolutely nothing. <laughs> he asked me last night if he should prepare, prepare anything. And I just said him no. <laughs> yeah. With no other information. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess, as as he really has the least fired to him of any of the owners that will interview, just because number one he's always down there, and number two mm. he finished the best of them. I mean, he can at yeah. least stand on that leg. Um, so I didn't think he needed any for for forewarning. The rest of you obviously will will have it. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, yeah. I I I wanted to see how he would do. Uh, cold. I feel like he thrives off that though, right? I mean, he does. He did great. Uh, my favorite part though is that I realized that you told him nothing when I said Hog Knox, and Mike went, "Oh, Hog Knox." I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." Shit, Mike knows nothing. <laughs> yeah, he did not know. It, it'll be an interesting vibe to have the person being interviewed 
be introduced to the name of the segment or the name of the show in the middle of the show. Yeah, so live. That'll be kind of fun. Doing it media <laughs> res. Um, okay, well, now we're going to move into our next segment, um, which is uh, a little segment that Khan has named Family Business. How's your son? He made the team this year? He said he wasn't tall enough. This is family business, and this is for the family that can't be with us. And this is for my so, Colin, why don't you walk us through uh, what this is sort of modeled off of? Yeah, so this is this is uh, the segment family business. It's just going to be a, a quick segment that we do around each owner. Um, every year on Hard Knocks, there there's several like player profiles that they follow around like a player throughout camp. Um, usually it's like two or three and almost all the time. One of the players gets cut. Yeah. Um, and, but the best part is you get to see, like usually you get introduced to their family and like their kids. So then, you know, like later when they get cut that like, Oh yeah, looking fucking four-year-old Kyle, his dad's unemployed now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so really what, what the purpose of this segment is, it's just to, just take a look into the family life um, of some of our owners, if if there is one. Some people are will always be alone, Charlie, um, but <laughs> other people will have have families. And so uh, we're going to just look at at the family they have now, and 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 uh, just try to build up the suspense for when that owner fails down the road. Um, and yeah, so we're going to start with Mike, with really Mike's most unique family member, um. Mike's nephew. So did he say this right? Because you asked him he, right before. He said Regan. Regan. He said Regan. I I've always heard it pronounced Reagan, but that is also a girl's name. So I think maybe yeah. the guy's name is Regan. Just a hard ass e. I trust Mike at least far enough to know his <laughs> nephew's name. Maybe that trust is ill placed, but I do trust him on it um, a little bit. Yeah, so I have, so Colin asked, because we didn't know his fucking name before we did this, so in before we started recording, Colin asked him what his nephew's name was, just conversationally, um, and he said Regan, and so I have very much Regan typed out with uh, the closest I can get to approximating the spelling of Regan. It might have like three E's for all I know, I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Um, um, but I, I did think it was interesting, I wanted to, to focus on Regan because... Because I think Mike might be the only one with a nephew of us. In the league? In the league. Hmm. I can't think of anybody else. I'm trying to think. Because most of us are oldest. Almost that is all true. of us are old, like Except Eli. I don't think Eli's sister. But Eli's not even in the league. Yeah, so. that's what I was going to say. Eli's not in the league. No, no one else would. Because, yeah, the only one who I'm thinking of who's like... Like, there's Brian... But both of his siblings are like just getting married now. Yeah, so so I think Mike is unique in having a nephew, um, which does make Uncle Mike a thing, which I have some thoughts about. Um, I don't have good thoughts about it. No, they're not good. Uh, so I, I did think I did think that was a little bit interesting. The other thing that was interesting is I did ask how old Regan was, and I swear Mike said about one and a half. <laughs> I swear, I might have misheard him, 
But then he also said that he had now a, a niece who was like six months old. And I said, wow, back to back. And he said, they're two years apart. So I don't know which he must not have said one and a half. I, I, I think he said two and a half. Okay. Okay. So that was just my bad recollection because I didn't know if Regan had gone into like the the primer box or whatever. I don't, I don't know if you've seen primer, but yeah. No, I haven't, but I can imagine what you're describing. Um, yeah, it's a little Eli shout out. Little that's Easter fair. Egg, in case Eli happens to listen to this. To this episode specifically? Yeah. So anyway, what really we're going to talk about um, Mike as an uncle. Yeah. And in specific, just all the ways that Mike has to be letting this kid down as an uncle outside yeah. of fantasy football. Um, so one thing I was trying to just do a little thought experiment, like, I don't know how you would feel about like, if, what if you had an uncle where like at any moment they could just take an entire bottle of Ciroc, like to the face. Like, so like, it's not like the drunk uncle. Some people have the drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. Mike yeah. like shows up stone cold, sober heads over to the sink <laughs> the swap is is siphoned out. Yeah. And then right. now Mike's just hammered the rest Mike, of Mike. Now Mike's just dry heaving. Just understanding, you know, as a as a little kid, what it means when your uncle just turns back, comes back from the bathroom and his face is just bright red. Um, that is true, because Mike has to tell that uh, many uncles don't. So maybe that makes it, you know, that makes it better. And and the other thing is. I'm thinking about um, the drunk uncle usually is considered to be like racist and homophobic, but like Mike is just going to be barking. Like he'll be, <laughs> he'll be at the dinner table. Like the turkey comes out and Mike's like, woo, woo. Um, <laughs> saying just like nonsensical stuff. Like, right. Like just on me. Yeah. Uh, and shit like that. And well, I feel like on is, this fucking turkey. <laughs> I'm just learning English. I don't know what on me means. Um, it is. It's a fascinating idea because, yeah, when, when you're, because again, when you're growing up, you don't understand what drunk is. Like, you understand that at family parties, there are some uncles that are like crazy and fun, and there are some that are like quieter and like family members and stuff like that. So, at some point in this kid's development, and I don't really know if Mike drinks a lot around his family, but for the, I'm the sure purposes. That Mike is quite responsible around his nephew. Um, and doesn't but for the purposes I, of this conversation he does yeah certainly I, I mean as far as this conversation is concerned every time he's ever seen his nephew he's just been, he's been hammered, drunk. hammered but so just imagine at some point in this kid's development he's gonna like look around and be like oh uncle mike was shit-faced all those times oh yeah because like, he'll like, see him and he'll be like he'll see the face go red and he'll be like oh my god that's what that is oh my god he's been drunk this whole time <laughs> That's fascinating yeah. to me. Do you have any other ways Mike's letting him down? Um. Well, I mean, let's you know, cut right to the core of it. Outside of living in Seattle and rarely going home, no, not really. It's fair. I thought <laughs> that. I th I think though that he did something with cousins in Glacier. Oh. He went to like Glacier. Were those? His uh, I didn't know that those were cousins. That was a cousin trip. I think it was. A, I think it was a family trip. I'm okay. not positive about that i am um, so i'm not don't don't quote me on mike being a good cousin or anything like that but <laughs> i think it's possible that he did do that so okay we'll give him a half a point for that yeah half point um and then i think we'll get to the real question which mm -hmm. is could mike's nephew yeah beat him head to head in a fantasy season 
Okay. And here's where I really want to dig in because I saw this and my first thought was, all right, let's, let's look at the mechanism here, right? For how this happens. You hand a two and a half year old a computer, even if he's uh, aware and focused enough to be kind of clicking through things. For the most part, this is what we're referencing. It's an auto draft. It's best player available the whole way through. So, so yeah. So my thought is that it's like the ESPN mm-hmm. like draft system, um, where it does auto draft if you don't make a pick. But I think all you have to do is like click on the guy. So like it'll show you the top list. Yeah. So I, what I think will end up happening is almost all the time it'll pick best player available, but yes. sometimes Reagan might click. Right. Like, so it might be like the third, yeah. the third or fourth best player, right? Which really is like what you want to be doing. Like I think it's also almost the optimal draft strategy is just to like you know that the best guy won't be the best, right? Like if you just like pick all the top guys and sort of randomly fluctuate which one, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty optimal strategy. I I think you could beat Ben that way. I think you could beat Brian most years that way. Brian will have a better team on paper, but he'll suck ass like he always does. Yeah. Um, no, and certainly I think you could beat Mike. Uh, I because think really. Go ahead. No, we've been saying for years this exact thing, pretty much. It Mike's nephew wasn't involved, but we've been long saying that if you auto drafted, there's a real chance you beat Mike. I mean, it's basically like the one year that like Prithvi used a dog to like pick his <laughs> mammal march madness. I'm pretty sure that you could use a dog to outdraft Mike. It's very um, plausible. And and I'm not saying I'm I think Regan is most likely far more intelligent than a dog. Yeah. Um and by extension, far more capable of beating Mike. Um and certainly would be able to do so. Um I think really anything would be Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're saying. I really at this point we're almost saying that Mike's nine month old niece could also take him down. I don't think there's much of a gap there. No. And if you think about it, between a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a six-month-old, there's really not a huge di- difference in fantasy knowledge. Um, I think it would be the mechanical drafting that would be the only change. And, yeah. Because even then, like, your worst-case your worst case scenario is that they find the watch thing. And, like, the only way that this could go wrong is, like, you know, you can select players to, like, cue or watch i forget what the mechanism is but it's just one click to add them to that list is that the kid decides like oh that looks cool and clicks fucking everybody and you wind out without like a defense and a kicker and a tight end probably that's That's really the only way that this can go sideways like i could see the kid picking amon ra st brown because that's just such a fucking sweet name i know he probably can read but if he could read he would certainly pick it (laughs) and understand that it's an egyptian uh like pharaoh reference yeah that's <laughs> i mean it just sounds cool independent of being it a does. pharaoh independent of being god shit you know yeah so basically i think main takeaways mike world's most electric junk uncle and yeah. world's worst drafter that's yeah. uh that's family business that and that is that's on family business um Okay, so now we're going to move into our, our final uh, section here, which is really looking towards the future. We're going to look at the um, 2022 projection for Mike. Uh-oh. I don't 
So, uh, we've we've broken this down into, and Con, I believe you've done some research here, um, what Mike has coming into this season. So would you like to walk us through his draft capital, and we can talk through his keeper capital. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so um, as you all know, there are some changes that came to the league last year that made sort of a, the projection of the upcoming season a little bit more complicated and certainly more interesting because... We introduced the rule allowing the trading of draft picks, um, which means that teams have draft capital that does not necessarily align with their with their pick position. So right. I have Mike's trade history pulled up. Um, and looking at that, as you heard in the interview, Mike is relying on having an extra uh, first round pick. So Mike, Mike will be picking in Ben's position. Um, which, by the way, last year would have been electric. Mike, first two picks, come on. Yes, so Mike will be picking in Ben's position in the first round, and then Ben will be picking in Mike's position in the third round. Um, That, I believe, is all the trades affecting Mike. Um, With that trade, let's just uh, run through how that came about. So on November 18th of 2021, Ben traded with Mike and got... Dak Prescott, George Kittle, C.D. Lamb, and Mike's third rounder. And Mike got Kirk Cousins, Noah Fant, and Ben's first rounder. With Ben's first rounder, Mike took on the keeper rights to Alvin Kamara. And with uh, and then Ben took on the keeper rights to Dak, George Kittle, and C.D. Lamb. George Kittle, um, all three of those players were included in the trade, so there was no factor of him receiving the pick because George Kittle was Mike's third-round pick. Right. Um, so that was no effect there. So so really, I think what would be interesting to think about with this draft capital, um, number one, how much of a difference do you think having two first-rounders as opposed to a first and a third is? Um, I'll, I guess I'll just, from my perspective, I think the first two rounds are almost always all lock players. Yeah. And so I, I will say that there's some sort of a credence to the fact that having two first round picks means you'll get, you're going to get two locks. Yeah. You, you lose out on the opportunity or it, it really almost, you'll get three, um, which, which kind of locks that in. You won't have the opportunity for, for, um, for, you know, getting as much of a well-rounded team because you, you'll have to wait, a long time um, in the third, but I think getting three absolute lock on players without, with the, with the exception of injury, which you can never really project for um, except for McCaffrey <laughs> would be <laughs> just a huge advantage. So I, I don't yeah. know what your general feeling about it is. No, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with your point. Injury is pretty much the only thing you got to be worried about there. Uh, really rarely do we see a guy just completely like, go through the fall off period and have like no forewarning to the point that he wouldn't fall out of the first round. Um, the, the interesting thing I think about losing the third round pick. And I say, this is someone who doesn't have a third round pick is that you are losing a lot of those guys that I think are prime keeper candidates where they're like, they're starting players. They're the number one running back wide receiver, tight end, whatever on their team, but you're getting them in the third round and hopefully with the potential for them to be like, uh, to, for, to see some growth there. Um, so that would be the only thing that I think Mike might be losing. But Yeah, I agree with that. To me, 
the certainty of like having three second round caliber players, I think is probably worth it. Cause like, I guess from my perspective, barring injury, the first two rounds are the only rounds where the players never drop more than like a round in value. Like I'd say like the worst first round pick that doesn't get hurt is like still a second round talent. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the same, same is true for the second round. The third round you get guys like Allen Robinson or like it really gets shaky where they get Um, dropped. Yeah. At the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, you can drop from the third round, like out, out, out. Um, so that's the only thing. Um, I think he's in a great position. I have zero faith that he'll be able to turn it into any kind of meaningful advantage. Um, but, but he has opportunity there with the extra first rounder. I'll say that, um, the rest of his draft pretty much chalk, um, and only 14, um, total picks as everybody had to trade one for one. So you couldn't have a situation where you didn't have the right number of picks. Um, Actually, I don't know if that's true or if it no, just you, you could have. I think everyone pretty much did. Okay, so people just forced it. So, yeah. Um, he did we had a minimum it. number of picks, I think. I think it was like 12 or something. But, yeah. We now, okay. There was one thing I wanted to, to talk about, though, um, related to that, which was where do you want Ben to be placed in the draft? Because, obviously, the best thing for Mike would be for Ben to have the first pick. Because because then you have basically none of the baggage of having the first pick where you have to wait 18 picks to draft again. Yeah. Um, And you get all of the advantage. So Mike will really be watching Ben's whatever randomization that we do this year. Uh, Ben Speedwalker will be at the top of Mike's screen. Because honestly, Mike would rather probably get something like fifth or sixth and have Ben pick or even lower. Um, That's what I was ben, thinking. And have Ben picking. I don't think Mike would want to be tenth, but but eight, seven, eight, nine. I think would be good positions for him. I'm if thinking, Ben is in the top three, I'm thinking six or seven. So if Ben is one and Mike is like six, I think that's ideal because then you can Mike can somehow walk out the door with wide receiver one and running back one. Absolutely. With 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 out too much gymnastics of like how it would have to fall to him. He could, he could manage that. I mean, he also has Kamara's keeper rights. He does. So there he could wants be to take him there. Yeah. <laughs> if Mike was 10th, he could keep Kamara with his own pick. Can he do uh, that though? No, no. Kamara's tied to Ben's pick. Yeah. But, but if Ben was 10, he could salvage yeah. that. He could salvage Ben getting a bad draft position by keeping Kamara in that position. So certainly some things to consider. I think that this is going to be, we all knew this was going to be the most interesting draft coming in because we have people who either went all in last year or are now kicking the can down to going all in this year uh, as in a Mike situation. And that's where I do think that the, like losing out on the potential keeper value in the third doesn't really matter because Mike has hedged his future on this year. So I'm imagining it's one of those situations where if Mike wins this year, I don't think he's going to be looking back next year and going like, ah, shit. Oh, I don't have a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Really wish I could have taken fucking uh, Garrett Wilson of the third or something like, I mean the nobody that, yeah. I mean, if you, if you trade picks to try to win, you, all you care about is winning that year, that year. Yeah. So 
speaking of keepers, um, just looking at Mike's roster. So you had oh, Dalvin shit. in the first. Dalvin in the first, keepable. Um, I don't know if you would. It would certainly depend on the position of the draft, where the picks fell. Um, That's he, a, lost, yeah. he lost CD, George Kittle, and Dak. Um, his first available keeper would be Josh Jacobs in the fourth. I doubt that's in play. Ayuk in the fifth, Daryl Henderson in the sixth. All not the best players on their own teams. <laughs> his seventh, eighth, and ninth, and tenth round picks are all dropped. Mike Davis, yeah. Juju, LaVisca, Chanel, and Michael Carter. Eleven was Dak. Twelve is Stafford, who I think might end up being Mike's kicker. Or, sorry, Mike's quarterback. Uh, keeper um yeah because i can't really see unless unless like we were talking about kamara or dalvin falls in such a way that it's value to take them in like ninth or tenth right um, if one of those picks become the tenth pick or eight nine ten pretty much i'd say basically if if both of mike's first rounders are before the seventh or up he probably keeps Stafford. Otherwise, he probably keeps one of the two running backs. That that would be my guess. Um, I I agree with you. Um, it is just interesting. The, the running backs in the end of the round aren't that bad, and he has two shots at it, so it could happen. Oh no! I mean, so having Dalvin Cook locked down in your team, good thing. Like, I'm never going to say that that's a bad thing. It's just incredible to me how few options Mike was left with. Yeah, I mean, part of that was obviously trading what he gave up to get that that pick did sort of haunt his offseason a little bit because... Um, it is interesting because of those options, this CD hurts the worst. CD Lamp's the number one wide receiver on the yeah, Cowboys. He is. He is. But, like, I don't know. I Maybe I let, listen to Kamari about black Kirk cousins, you know, like maybe, I don't know who, what, who knows what we're getting from Dak. I, it's going to be an interesting year. Dak Kirk cousins. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously I think CD is a good player, but um, I don't know if I would have kept him in the second round. Any, even I would have right. taken him. I would maybe have taken him in the second round, but there's no real value in that keeper to I'm me. Keeping him. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I don't think, he took him nine. He took him twentieth last yeah. year, which is an appropriate place to take him. Yeah, again, uh, but yeah, it could be eleventh. Um, no, I don't think Stafford's a bad play. It's just one of those ones where it's like, it's not great. It's a quarterback. Yeah, it's like keeping Dak in the eleventh, which is what he yeah. did last year. No, it's um, better than keeping Will Lutz again. That's certainly true. Um. All right, so we, we talked about what he's got. Um, obviously, the draft capital, the keeper capital, doesn't factor in the intangibles, which is the person in in that Zoom meeting doing the drafting. That's true. Um, so when you put it all together, John, I'll let you go. Where, where do you have Mike finishing in the league? And this is final standing based on all of the playoffs and everything. Uh. So I'm going to harken back to my claim that Mike has finished with uh, four or five wins in every year, um, and he has alternated for the last four years, four or five, four or five. So Mike will have four wins again this year, um, and I'm projecting him to, it's going to be enough to keep Mike in eighth. 
Because okay. he won't lose. He will just have four wins. And inexplicably, I think he'll make it to the toilet bowl and win. That's what's going to happen. Okay, so Mike Mike continues to evade. Wait, so that would be... Oh, no, sorry. Never mind. Sorry. It, he will win his first round game inexplicably. Okay. Yeah. So so Mike basically continues uh, on the course that he's on. So yeah. I've been... I've been playing a lot of Fortnite with Mike. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of growth um, in him as a person, and I was, I was really impressed with his interview. Um, it's true. Just, just kind of his, his life philosophy, I think, is appealing, and and eventually it has to work. So I I think Mike finishes in sixth place. Ooh, I think that uh, very angry Zach Weatherly. Cans him by like 90 points in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. like just buries him alive. Uh, but that guy goes home to his big apartment <laughs> with soft and, lighting, with soft lighting, just as happy as can be. A job well done, makes the playoffs, um, for the first time in five years, so half, <laughs> half a decade. Um, I think he does it, I really do. Uh, some of the other people that we'll discuss on the show are not going to get the same treatment, um, but but I think this is the year based based on the picks, uh, based on how it's fallen to him. So uh, I'm going Mike, sixth place. Good job, buddy. Mike, sixth place. And at that point, you don't care if you lose by 90. You made the playoffs. No. So with that, uh, we are John and I are both going to assign our song of the season mm-hmm. um, for the song that will define Mike's next year in fantasy so i made you go first for the finishing place i will go first here and tying into my prediction i'm gonna go with live from the gutter (laughs) mike emerges from the sewer from the toilet to emerge victorious in exactly probably six regular season games and it's enough to put him in the sixth place uh so mike Reporting live from the gutter, bitch. Uh, don't let me down. I like that. Um, I actually seriously, I didn't debate that for this. I seriously debated having suggesting that as the song for Mike's interview. Okay. Because <laughs> we would have been reporting, whatever. Um, I'm glad you didn't pick that uh, because it would have really stolen my thunder here. I mean, you would have just said no. And we would have just probably landed on what we landed on anyway. Um I like that a lot, especially because mine also goes along with my prediction. Um, because Mike will have four wins, uh, I will be going with uh, 4 a.m. by 2 Chains and uh, Travis Scott. <laughs> 4 a.m., he's just getting started. Right, 4 a.m., just getting started. The other option, obviously, uh, being 4 or 5 seconds, um, was the other one that I considered when I typed the word 4 into Spotify earlier today. <laughs> um but I wanted to be specific that it was four and not five. So we're going I like 4 a.m. I haven't heard that song in a long time. But um, I knew that there was one song named 4 a.m. I just couldn't remember who it was by. I was very excited when I found uh, that it was off. I think it was off Hibachi for lunch. It's too bad there's no four W's. Uh, <laughs> it would be nicer. But I do think we go with yours. I think that yours is A, the more appropriate song just for Mike as uh, a whole human being. Um, but B, um, you know, let's, let's end this hopefully with the notion that Mike does make it out of that gutter. We can only hope. Thanks, John. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, obviously Colin, great first episode. Um, 
we will be back um, next week, question mark, um, at some point. Two weeks, probably two weeks. Um, we'll be back at some point, uh, and then we will uh, we'll, we'll see our next uh, our next hog. Con, uh, do you have any uh, last thoughts for the people? No, just keep uh, if you're if you're down if you're down in the pit, yeah. just keep fighting. But you're also remember, you're next. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, peace. Point line from the fucking car I ain't talking about some big money shit. I ain't talking no big money shit. I ain't talking no big money, bitch. Report live from the gutter. I body motherfucker talking big money shit, bitch. Straight up out the gutter, never had shit. Now we got 90210 on our address. Talking tick milk just to get an ass in. I know the tears still falling down on my last bitch. Money made me hungry, I'm a savage I seen the stars lining up, you couldn't imagine I watched my bro give up on me like a marriage I went back inside the attic, counted up and started laughing <laughs> I went back inside the attic, counted up and started laughing <laughs> 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 Cuban licks hanging on my wrist, I put some welfare Wake up in the house, I look up, I see bills everywhere I see girls everywhere, I see scales everywhere I see hair everywhere I get me a Learwell Walked inside the booth and came out in a Learjet A fiend for that lean, I ain't start drinking beer yet They bust a trap, I live there Came out clean, I ain't clean, my nigga still there Just imagine you were living lavish and they still there Wake up in the crib pool, sitting on the hill now I just need some nigga with me, that's what keep it real now Got a lot of pretty bitches, I just pay their bills now Money make them feel good, but now she make me feel good Don't forget that guala out in Europe, but I'm still hood Don't the pop Point live from the fucking car to bed. I ain't talking about some big money shit. I ain't talking no big money shit. I ain't talking no big money, bitch. Yeah. Reporting live from the gutter. I will buy this motherfucker. It's not even a discussion. Woo! And I got my niggas with me. Yeah, yeah. She gon' end up dipping with me. Yeah, yeah. And I got a tripping off it. Yeah, yeah. Pillow talking, dishing out on all y'all. In one ear and out the other. Shut your mouth and take what's coming. Live from the gutter, dog. Yeah, yeah. She don't want pets, but I'm a dog. Yeah, yeah. And she love it, dog. Yeah, yeah. And she love it, dog. Yeah, yeah. On the billboards, all we do is pop shit. Soon as night fall, that's when we lock in. It's for my niggas on that bullshit in the nonsense. It's for my dogs that go Karuche with the chopsticks. Woo! And we gon' miss you They don't want no smoke, they don't want no issue But these are times we gotta live through But these are times we gotta live through And I Point live from the fucking car to bed I ain't talking about some big money shit Point live from the damn car Swear to God I about this motherfucker In the eyes of old white guys, I'm not a little nerdy Asian kid if I just talk about fancy football.